Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men. And the living will take it to heart. These are the words of Solomon from the book of Ecclesiastes. Giving us the wisdom that it is better to enter into a time of mourning than it is to go to a house of feasting. To contemplate the end so that we can take it to heart. In our culture, it is very common for us with death to hide it, to put it outside of conversation, to not have to live with it, to not have to encounter it. And we have entered into a time of mourning, entering into the house of mourning, losing not only Tracy, but others in this parish, losing fathers, losing a mother, losing other loved ones. And every time we lose, we remember all of the losses from before. But death brings clarity for a Christian. Death brings before us the end. It brings clarity. It brings the ability to truly see and a self one's self. Because we know that we and our lives are also going to end. The question for us as the living will be, will we take it to heart? Will we allow the clarity of death to refocus, realign, to repent? This morning, we've begun the Lenten Triodion, our march into Lent to this holy time set aside for repentance. And we have two icons set before us, the Pharisee and the publican, or the tax collector. The Pharisee and the tax collector both go to the temple. They both go to pray. Let's look at how the Pharisee prays. He begins at the very beginning. Of course he begins at the very beginning. <laughs> It's a very good place to start. <laughs> the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. I don't know how many times I had heard or read this passage, and I just glossed over that. The Pharisee prays with himself. And then it makes you wonder when he says, God, who is he talking to? Is he talking to God? Or is he talking to his projection of God? Maybe even himself. Because as you can see, the Pharisee 
seems to only be able to see himself. And if he sees someone else, as we see at the end of his prayer, or the middle of his prayer, rather, he's got eyes on other people saying, I'm better than that person. Thank God I'm like that, not like that person. What comes with this vision that the Pharisee has as he prays within himself to himself is immediately self-justification rises up. Thank God I'm not like anybody else because I'm pretty darn tootin' good. And because of that, these other people They just don't get it. They're just not like how I get you, God. Because with self-justification, self-love comes judgment of others. Then, of course, he puts before him the fruit of his prayer to himself, his self-justification rather than repentance. He has fruit to offer. He has fasting and tithing. But this fruit is rotten. The Pharisee has produced goods that do not actually provide sustenance. He fasts, but as the scriptures and the fathers tell us, so do the demons. He gives tithes, but he does it in such a way that it does not even hurt. It is not something that is actually a sacrifice. And then we come to the tax collector. We come to one who would be hated by all of the people around him. We come to one who is not going to put himself out in front, who's not going to begin saying aloud a litany of prayers But in his humility, he does not even raise his eyes. He strikes his chest. And he just cries out. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The tax collector is a great image of one missing the point in the Gospels. But here our Lord has flipped it. The tax collector is the great one. He is the one who has truly assessed himself. He does not rely upon his own self-estimate. He does not rely upon what he has done. All he does is cry out to God. He falls completely upon the mercy of God. The Pharisee shows us That is our own projections, idols, self-defense, the armor that we keep up around ourselves. That's what truly keeps us from God. It is not that God is distant. It's that we are distant. It is we who are focused on the lesser things, placing our trust in things. Or maybe our actions, or maybe our feelings, rather than God Himself. The Pharisee is praying, 
a farce of a prayer. His temple, his own ideas, his own self-projections, his own estimate of his goodness. His God is only himself. As we receive a gift of clarity with the house of mourning and entering into this house of mourning, let us not lose sight of what is the most important thing. That God is with us, God is present, even in the midst of loss. He is not distant, but he draws near and he is always already present. It's just we have to turn to him and ask for mercy. St. Paul, in Romans 8, he asked this question, What shall we say to all of these things, all of the things that we suffer, that we struggle? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who is going to blame God's elect? It is God who justifies. It is God who is the judge. Who is he who wants to condemn? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, where he makes intercession for us. What is going to separate us from the love of God, from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword, or I may add, death. Yet in all of these things, we are, because of our Lord, conquerors, because he loved us, because he loves us. And I stand with Paul that I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, powers, things present, things to come. Height, depth, no created thing. Not even my own self-projections, my own rotten fruit, shall be able to separate you or me from the love of God. We'll be able to separate Tracy or John or Daniel from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This, God's presence, God's love for us, and that he loved us first and pursued us down even into the grave and out on the other side into resurrection. This is why it is better to go to the house of mourning, that we take to heart Christ being in our midst, that Christ, the crucified, buried, resurrected one, this is he who gives us the path to God. That we can approach God. Not content with anything that we've done. But that God himself justifies, exalts, loves, and will resurrect us. Christ is risen. Indeed he is risen.